It's a goal! He's done it! Yeah, what a shot! This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Just Sports. Hello and welcome to Just Sports, your weekly roundup of all that happens in the world of sports. And once again, it's my weekly chance to talk to my very dear friend Rahul Puri. Hello, Mr. Puri. Hello, Mr. Khan. How are you feeling? Uh, not too good. Not too good. So, good, not too good. Yeah, not too good. I mean, I don't know whether to feel good or bad about it, but yeah, I'm just in a weird kind of space. So, we'll talk about all of that. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, despite uh, my uh, trying to uh, hide from it, uh, Mr. Puri wants to talk about the Champions League uh, games that happened. I think so. Yes, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about Lee Chung Wee, uh, a badminton player who's, who's kind of, you know, suggested that he was offered money to throw a match uh, away. So that's something that's happened for the first time in badminton. And, you know, we should talk about that. And we talk about Trevor Bayliss and his statements that, you know, countries should no longer be playing T20 matches. So, these are the three main topics that we have for Just Sports. So, we're going to talk about starting with the Champions League. Uh, Barcelona versus Chelsea. You know, I watched the game, Rahul, and I think Chelsea really, really played well. I mean, Barcelona were lucky to get away with just a draw. I mean, they should have been beaten at Sanford Bridge at least 3-0 or, or probably, you know, more than that. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, Antonio Conte um, showed the Chelsea fans uh, exactly what they will be missing um, if he doesn't manage to iron out uh, issues with the board um, this summer. Um, Because uh, I thought he was tactically brilliant against Barcelona. And you're right. I mean, Barcelona were very, very lucky um, to get out of there with a draw. Um, I think they would have been lucky if they just got out of there with a, with a 1-0 defeat. Um, that's how poor Barcelona were and that's how good Chelsea were. Um, I mean, Chelsea were very, very good. I mean, and I think, I think all this talk about Hazard and stuff like that, I mean, come on, William played pretty much the best football I've seen any player play, you know, in a Champions League game for a while. He's, he's a fabulous player. I mean, uh, you know, the, one of the things about Willian is is that um, if he would, was in any other side, he would be running the show in that side. Um, he's that good a player. Um, I just think that sometimes in Chelsea colours, uh, he gets a little intimidated by all of the other players that are around him. But on that night, um, uh, he was smashing. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's Messi there, there's Suarez there, there's... You know, all of these, uh, Hazard, they're, they're all these lauded players, but uh, William was absolutely outstanding. He was absolutely brilliant. And I think what what actually, you know, the, the thing that you said, Rahul, was that I think Conte got his tactics bang on. I mean, they pretty much shut down Messi. They pretty much shut down uh, Suarez, you know. And on the counter, they were so bloody quick. They were so quick that they were running the Barcelona defense ragged. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think kudos to Conte. I mean, you know, he, he a lot of other people um, would have would have seen oh Barcelona coming. Uh, you know, let's let's be a little cagey about this. But you know, Conte I think um, looked at that Barcelona side and said, this is not Barcelona of of three years ago. This is not Barcelona of uh, four years ago. This is a uh, an aging side in in transition and. Um, you know, he really harried them. He really went out and he told his midfield, don't give these guys any time. Um, and, and he absolutely just suffocated um, 
uh, Messi and Suarez and the entire Barcelona midfield. It was like he threw a blanket on top of them. I think the, the, the two games that have been set up perfectly for the second leg are the Madrid-PSG game and the Chelsea-Barcelona game. I, because I think Chelsea is going to go in with confidence to, to, to Barcelona and, and say that we can actually score here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, now, I mean, Conte is basically now uh, with that result uh, because it's only, it's only one away goal. Um, it, it's, it's just one away goal uh, for Barcelona. And Barcelona are not a team that are going to sort of play for a draw or anything like that. I mean, a nil-nil draw is just... Um, something that they're not going to play. So it's only one away goal. And so uh, Conte's really now put the onus on Barcelona to say, all right, now your move, how you're going to, how you're going to come out against us. Um, you know, that's the key. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a fascinating uh, second leg. And so is the Madrid PSG game, because, I mean, yes, you know, Madrid, I mean, have scored three away goals. I mean, three goals, not away goals, three goals at home, but PSG have that one important away goal. And that tie is also going to be mouth-watching. Yeah, that too. I mean, that too is a, is another example of, of how Madrid has now basically put the, the onus back on PSG and said, well, now, you know, you guys have got to come out. You've got to come out. You've got to attack. Because even though PSG has got one away goal, they need to score two. Um, so they are going to have to come out and really go at Madrid from the word go. Absolutely. And uh, should we move on from the Champions League? Do you want to discuss something else? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I'd like to dwell on the on the second match uh, if I could. It was it was shitty. I mean, it was shitty as hell. I do not know why Mourinho is not willing to change his point of view. I do not know why you have a Sanchez and you have a Lukaku and you have a Pogba and you set up defensively. And the man of the match is your goalkeeper. I mean, it was shitty as hell. It it was unbearable. I mean, I'm as as a United fan, it was unbearable. I, I'm fascinated by um, this narrative um, that Jose Mourinho is this fantastic tactician. Um, when he has, uh, I, I listed them this morning. I listed them. I listed Lukaku. I listed. Rashford, I listed Martial, I listed Mata, I listed um, uh, Sanchez, I listed all of these players. Pogba, I mean, he's, he's, he's got problems with it. I listed all of these players, and yet, against the side, a sixth in La Liga, Manchester United are going there and basically they have two shots. Um, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, it is really bizarre. And, and apart from, from David De Gea, United should have should have lost. I mean, quite frankly, they should have lost. And no, it was, it I, I find yeah, this... You know, the most important thing that, you know, as a, it's not about being a United fan or not a United fan. The point is that when you have this kind of attacking power, why the hell are you playing defensive? I mean, why the hell are you playing 4-3-2-1? When, you know, you have the players to play a 4-3-3, you can easily play three up front. I mean, Sanchez was playing from, from within, you know, the United half. Pogba was playing from within the United half. Sevilla actually were controlling the game. There was nothing that United was just trying there to absorb the pressure, which you do not need to do. I mean, you are you got the you got the damn team. You know, just go out there and attack. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand what narrative Mourinho is possibly going to give to get his team more attacking. Does he need more forwards? Does he need more attacking players? I just don't understand. I don't understand the narrative. Um, the point is, is that 
Manchester United uh, are are uh, not an attacking team when they are chock full of attacking players, and that doesn't make any sense. What I find really interesting, though, is if you look at both of the results, the Chelsea result and the Man United result, and you would look at them and you would say, oh, you know what, Chelsea drew 1-1 at home with Barcelona. They, they you know, that that's that's not a good result. And you look at Man United and, and you say, oh, they drew 0-0 with, with Sevilla away. That's a good result. But actually, I think Chelsea were really unlucky. And I think United were very, very lucky to come away with, with that with that nil-nil. Uh, and I'm sure that he's not going to subject Old Trafford to that. Well, I hope not, Raul, because, I mean, I don't think that you can sit in Old Trafford and defend against Sevilla because if they get one goal, the tie is dead. You know, you he will have to go and attack in, in Man... He'll have to attack in Old Trafford. There is no other option. There's no option. He'll have to score two goals in the first half and put the game to bed. There's no option. And, and there's increasing pressure now on on Mourinho um, in his tactics. Because if United don't win an FA Cup, if they don't come second in the league, well, all the United fans are going to turn around and say, well, we've endured a a, a season of dreadful football. For what? For what have we done this for? For what? Absolutely. And and now, I mean, you've got Chelsea coming to Old Trafford over the weekend, Raul. I mean, they're going to come with confidence. Absolutely. They, They absolutely are. Yeah, and Pogba almost, and I'm sorry to say, Pogba yesterday on the field was looking disinterested. Well, Pogba, we, we know that there are problems with Pogba. Pogba does not want to play this way. I mean, it, 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 it's very clear to anybody that watches that boy play day in, day out for United that this is not the way he wants to play. Now, a lot of people have shot back, you know, hitting out at Pogba, saying, oh, you know what, Mourinho expects more from his midfielders and whatever, whatever. Sure, I mean, I don't have an issue with the fact that your midfielders should come back and, and defend, but let them attack sometime as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think it was a ridiculous game. And I don't know, I mean, it was just, as a fan, I, honest to God, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was dreadful to watch the 90 minutes. It was just dreadful to watch those 90 minutes because you do not need to defend. You do not need to sit back. It's it's got to, it's it's severe for God's sake. Damn it! I mean, go out there and 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 attack them. And we were lucky to get away without a goal. I mean, if 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 <laughs> go go out and attack them because you have the players to attack them. I mean, really, if if you know what, if if Mourinho wanted to go and play for a nil nil because. Lukaku was injured and Sanchez was injured and somebody was on a yellow card and therefore, you know, he didn't really want to risk those players. Fine. Makes perfect sense. Don't do it. But when you chock full of all those players and they're all fit, what possible excuse are you going to say for, for having two shots on target? Uh, no excuse, Mr. Puri, which is why I said I want to forget about the game and move on. And I hope we can get some result out of Chelsea because, I mean, if he does not beat Chelsea at Old Trafford... It's a big game. It's a very big game as far as United is concerned. You know, we know that we are not going to win the league, but beating Chelsea at Old Trafford, you know, will send a message across. And if Chelsea was to come there and beat us... Yeah, it's a big game because, um, you know, it's literally, I think, what, five points between second and fifth? It's a big game. It's a big game. It's a big game for for Conte and for Mourinho both. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, moving on from uh, from football, we move on to badminton, where Lee Chong-Wee, who was once the number one, you know, is the world number two right now, has actually gone out there and said that he was offered money to throw, the, to throw a game away. I mean, you know, Rahul, I mean, 
I, you know, I'm not surprised by it because it just shows that, you know, fixing goes on at every level in every sport. We thought that badminton or maybe tennis were, were immune to it, but hey, it's not. Tennis is not immune to it. We, we've seen it in tennis before. And, and um, I think that the more and more money that is involved in sport, um, the more and more that you're going to start to see it. Now, Lee Chung Wei doesn't say that he accepted the money. Um, he just says he was offered it. Um, and so, you know, from you, you read in behind the lines that says that, you know, he didn't he didn't throw the game, but, you know, he's the, he, he was the number one player in the world. Um, you can imagine the kind of money that, you know, would have been made if he had lost to a number 98 or a number 99. Yeah, but not just that, but you can also um, imagine that at, at, at a number 98 or a number 99 um, in the world, perhaps they wouldn't be uh, as difficult to convince to to take a, a, a bung or to, or to throw a game. So, you know, I, I think that it's an example of, of sadly where we're heading in, in sports. Um, and it's why the authorities need to be very, very, you know, um, careful about all of this stuff and, and what situations that players are put in, um, the kind of people that they meet um, and, uh, uh, you know, how those are monitored. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's almost like next to impossible, Raul, to to take away the the, the greed from from humankind pri- primarily. I mean, sports is just a it's just a manifestation of that. Yeah, and then gambling. I mean, gambling is going to be everywhere. I mean, you know, gambling is 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 a legitimate part of of our society. I, I just think that uh, wherever there is gambling, there will be unscrupulous gambling, and and this is just an example of it, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. And I think no sport is going to be immune to it. It's just that we need more, you know, stringent uh, monitoring, and that's all that we can do. That's all we can do about it. Moving on from badminton, we move on to cricket, where uh, the English coach has gone on record to say that you know countries should not be playing T Twenty matches and. Alex Hales has, has, has taken the decision that he is not going to be playing any more international cricket. And Adil Rashid. And Adil Rashid. And he's only going to be playing uh, T20 cricket. Um, Raul, two things. I mean, you are also of the opinion that, you know, T20 cricket should not be played between countries. I mean, I'm not on the same side as you, but I do understand where you're coming from. I mean, T20 is the most lucrative form of cricket. And yes, the leagues are out there and they play, you know, whatever. Maybe you need like a six-month window before the T20 World Cup and that should be the T20, uh, you know, kind of thing. Because right now in South Africa also, Rahul, uh, I mean, come on, the the, the T20s are becoming boring. Well, I think, I mean, mean, look, I... I, um... Uh, I my my take on this is is quite simple. My take on this is is that um, I think that if you allow T20 internationals to fester, they will destroy um, Test cricket and they will destroy One Day cricket. Um, and I and, and especially One Day cricket. Um, I I can't see and I've never seen the point of of having two forms of limited overs cricket. Pick one form of limited overs cricket and stick with it. I mean, you know, we used to have two forms of limited overs cricket. Um, years ago when they used to play 60 over one day internationals in England and 50 over one day internationals everywhere else in the world. Um, And eventually England had to catch up with what everybody else was doing. But what the heck are we doing playing two forms of limited overs international cricket? Pick one. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, You've got a test side, you've got a one day side, now you've got a bloody T20 side. I mean, uh, it's it's ludicrous, quite frankly. 
And it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And I don't have any problems with what Trevor Bayless has said. You know, also, I think most and more cricketers are also realizing that T20 is the future. I mean, when you have an Adil Rashid and you have an Alex Hales turn around, you know, and say that... And even Kevin Peterson has gone ahead and tweeted, Rahul, that something that we have already discussed in many of our podcasts, to say that, you know, only the top sides should play test cricket. I mean, South Africa playing Bangladesh or Bangladesh playing India in a test match. We saw what happened in the Sri Lanka versus versus India, you know, series. You have to have equals playing. I mean, yes, there was this huge sense of excitement when India played South Africa, but India versus Sri Lanka was a dead rubber. Nobody really gave a damn. No, but I mean, I, it's it's more it's more than that. I mean, obviously, you know, um, test cricket has got its own problems in terms of the fact that um, where the money comes from. But I mean, look at the effect that it's having on the young players. Alex Hales is not um, a highly decorated cricketer. He's absolutely not. Neither is Adil, neither is Adil Rashid. But all right, you can argue that Adil Rashid is, has won a couple of championships um, for Yorkshire. But neither of those are highly decorated cricketers. Um, and they, in the prime of their careers, are making the choice that, you know what, we don't want to even bother um, trying to get into this England test team. Because, and I might add, when we don't want to bother to try and get in the England test team when the England test team is not very good. And quite frankly, both of them have got a chance to get into the England test team. But we're not even going to bother with that because we'd rather spend our time traveling around the world playing T20 international cricket. Now, I don't have a problem with them thinking like that. But I'm just saying that what you're doing is you are basically destroying um, the aspirational value of playing test cricket for in young in young players. And absolutely, Drew Rahul. And I think there, there needs to be something done drastically and something done fast. Because if we don't do that, you know, test cricket in any case is, is something that people are not really interested in. And when international players are playing T20 matches and then there are the leagues and there's everything else, test cricket is on its, on its, it's in the ICU. And if nothing is done about it... But that's the problem. The problem is, is that the ICC, who are the guys that are supposed to control all of this stuff, they refuse to admit this. They refuse to admit that test cricket is on its knees. They refuse to admit that limited overs, 50 over cricket, it's on its knees, right? What they need to come out and say is, is that, look, if you progress as a 20 over nation, or a 20 over, I, I'm not even interested in 20 over nations, but if you do progress as a 20 over nation, you get to play 50 over cricket. If you do progress as a 50 over nation, you get to play test cricket. Then you get to play test cricket. That's the way that this has to work because then you can actually justifiably make the case, well, the, you know what, these six countries get to play test cricket, right? And that should be everybody's aspiration to, to get there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, cricket is something that's tried very hard, Rahul, to, to, to you know, go beyond the eight or nine countries that play cricket. And they've always had the struggle. But my point is, is that I don't have any problems if you're going to do that with limited overs cricket, because it makes sense. You get crowds. But why are you forcing 10 nations where there are no crowds, there's no interest, there's no TV money to play test matches when nobody shows up to watch them? I agree. I agree with you. So it's it's... It's becoming more and more difficult. There have to be certain hard decisions taken. But who's going to take them, Rahul? That's the that's the question we keep asking. I don't see anybody taking those hard decisions because I don't know. No, they don't. They don't. And that's part of the problem as well, isn't it? Absolutely. 
And that's all we have time for in Just Sports. We shall be back next week. I don't know whether I'll be a part of it or not. It will all depend on the game on the weekend. It's a big game. So <laughs> I might just might just take a leave of absence and we will then leave it to my good friend, Mr. Puri, to carry the to carry the podcast for next week. Then I'll have 25 minutes of just talking about the game. Yes, then you can just go completely gangoko talking about the game because I might not be part of it. But on that note, we will leave it. Thank you very much, Mr. Puri. It was again a... Pleasure talking to you, as always. My pleasure, Mr. Khan. And like we say, if it's a penalty, goal or a hole-in-one, we will cover it for you. Thank you very much. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.